let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to get to uh, this uh, story on the economy and what's coming our way uh, this hour. We're going to talk about the border first, but you uh, you need to save money and you need to pay the least amount of interest rate that you can possibly get into now. If you have high, high interest credit cards, you've got to do a consolidation loan. Please do this. If you have a mortgage that's over 4%, even 3% in some cases, you could get a mortgage that is at one, I mean, sorry, at 2% with American Financing. AmericanFinancing.net. Go there now. AmericanFinancing.net or 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. All right. We go to the border. Yeah. In uh, just a second. What the heck is really happening on our border? We have a guy who is a, a very trusted source, as you will see here in a second, uh, who can't get any information from this side of the border. So he's currently on the other side of the border where they are talking. What's happening on America's southern border? We go there in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, time to sell your house or time to buy another. You really need the right real estate agent. You need to be able to have somebody that you can trust. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't like riding around all day with a real estate agent and you don't have any idea. I mean, it's me. So they make their judgment, you know, before I even get into the car. I'm, you know, either an evil guy or a good guy. Uh, either way. And I hate it because I can't just be me and my wife and I can't just have a quiet conversation about something. Uh, and when you get into a car these days with a real estate agent who's going around, you don't know who you're driving with. Uh, you don't have any idea. And if they start to hate you because who you voted for, God help you. Real estate agents. I trust.com. We didn't start this because of, you know, you, you needed to know who they were and they, you know, it was this weird world that we're living in. Now we started it because we wanted to know how can the average person find a real estate agent that is the best in their area? That is the one who has the traffic on their website, the one who sells the most homes, the one who has the cost, the highest customer service ratings. Who are those people? That's why we put it together. Real estate agents. I trust.com. These are the people that are going to sell your house quickly for the most amount of money uh, and the least hassle and find the next house and be able to actually secure that house without getting into a bidding war or anything else, depending on where you are. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll find the right real estate agent for you. Just email realestateagentsitrust.com. 
Todd Benzman, he currently serves as the Texas-based Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies, Washington, D.C. Policy Institute. Uh, he led the counterterrorism intelligence for the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division in its multi-agency fusion center. Before his Homeland Security Service, he was a journalist for 23 years, covering national security after 9-11 as a staff writer for major newspapers and reporting in 25 different countries. Uh, he is also the author of the book America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration he joins us now i believe you're in mexico now todd is that right uh at the moment i'm on uh the texas side and as soon as we're done with this call i'm going to head over into piedras negras uh, which is on uh, a smaller city on the mexican side across from eagle pass texas and yesterday i spent um all day in ciudad acuna across from del rio so tell me what is really happening on the border. Well, migrants are coming from all over Mexico, southern Mexico, and also from other parts of Mexico where ports of entry are walled or there are, there are better walling in those areas and harder to get across. So what they're doing is they're sector shopping for the easy routes in, and this happens to be one of the easy sectors they perceived easy to get through and into the United States and be released. And so just in the past week in this sector, about 5,700 migrants uh, crossed over and were apprehended or got away, about 1,700 got away, estimated, which uh, compares to like kind of in the low hundreds on a normal week. Uh, so, So we're really seeing a major, major spike happening in this sector because it's perceived to be forgiving and easy to get through. So is this happening with the Texas uh, Border Patrol as well? I mean, I, because we've had this problem before with, with Obama, not this bad, um, but uh, Texas DPS has been down on the border and they are different than the Border Patrol from CBP. Are they... Yeah. Yes. Uh, I've, I, you know, there, there's a trooper uh, car just about a mile behind me on the road here. Uh, they, you see them all over. They're, they're deployed along with uh, National Guard. I've seen National Guard here. And the purpose of that is to fill the gap because Border Patrol is spread very thinly in an area like this. This is why it's easy to get through here uh, where there's no walling. They just come through and either bum rush the, the, the agents who are here and get past them or uh, they can, you know, family units know that they can turn themselves in. So some are running and some are turning themselves in. The family units are being paroled right into the country with notices to appear. And now they're not even bothering with notices to appear in some parts of the border. Yeah, they're, 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 just wa- they're just waving them through the turnstile. In, into the Greyhound bus stations, and so yeah, a couple of days. Ago, and are we? Wait, 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 wait. Are we? The United States government is paying for these trips all over America, right? I wouldn't say that they're uh, paying for the bus fare, but they there are NGOs that are facilitating mm-hmm. uh, communications and wire. You know, the migrants are getting uh, money wired in from relatives 
and they're paying for their bus fare. But there are NGOs that are assisting and uh, cooperating with all of all of that. But you've got uh, DPS is here and National Guard, and what happens is they can catch migrants. They can't hold them for long, and they call Border Patrol, comes and picks them up. So it's really good to have them here. Okay, so we have noticed a difference. Um, we have we have good relationships with the uh, Border Patrol, uh, and we are we're getting a total blackout people won't talk to us and it is leading us to believe that there that is there's something happening here on the border and nobody wants to talk about it is that just me being me or are you experiencing uh, kind of a blackout as well total blackout glenn uh this is this is unusual look i mean let's just face it it's the Biden administration caused all of this with their campaign rhetoric during the campaign. And then their very first moves were to just open the border wide, reinstitute catch and release. The migrants that I talked to over there on Mexico side all tell me with a, to a man and woman that the reason that they came now was to take advantage of Biden's policies. And it's embarrassing to, you know, to the uh, Biden administration. They don't want people to see this uh they'll tell you privately that that's what it's all about and they don't want to um advertise what they've done and what they're going to be doing and i think that um you know you could get the story without their cooperation i didn't even bother after the first couple of phone calls i saw that this thing was going nowhere there was going to be no embedding and no interviews with border patrol but i'll tell you this glenn i've got a lot of Border Patrol agents, all from California to the Gulf of Mexico, who do talk to me on a regular basis. And I know what's going on, at least through their eyes. But the most important thing is that you can see it through the eyes of the migrants if American reporters would just bother to interview them. What are they saying besides we came because of Biden? Well, they're saying, we A, we came, we came because of Biden. Uh and they're saying that they know that they can get in now. They're going to get in now, sooner or, or very soon. Uh, nobody, nobody who's coming to the border doesn't believe that they're not going to get in during this administration. Unbelievable. Uh, and they're, and, and they're, they're very frank about, you know, the fact that they're coming in for economic reasons. Nobody... Nobody is talking about political asylum, how the government persecuted me. Not one of them will tell you that. They don't usually say that until they get coaching from an NGO legal group that tells them what to say to get uh, asylum. Uh, none of these people are here for asylum, but they're all going to use the asylum system to just get in through past the border patrol. And win, lose, or draw, they're going to stay inside the United States illegally legally win lose or draw on their claim they're can, here for economic reasons can you give me the um the name of any of these uh, ngos that you feel are instrumental in all of this uh Raices, uh if i'm pronouncing that right is a is a key one uh they're a legal uh, support group and uh they are all over this they're on both sides of the border 
that's one that immediately comes to mind, and I can get in touch with you after the yeah, show please and, do. and shoot you some other ones. So, but uh, you know, there's a yeah. Go ahead. Um, we had the pictures that came out yesterday, and uh, we tried to get a hold of anyone yesterday we were completely ghosted on you know it's and it's that's not usual uh we were completely ghosted by everyone when we were asking for verification of what james o'keefe said yesterday that there is sexual abuse and abuse happening in these centers and no one will get back to us have you heard anything like that no, uh, as far as the det- what's happening inside the detention centers, that's just a blackout uh, for okay. me and everybody else. And unfortunately, I don't have uh, ice sources that are close to the detention centers at the moment. Uh, but you, but um, do, you know, I expect. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You expect. Well, I, I, you know, you can't keep that kind of a secret for very long. I mean, eventually the truth will come out. Mm. I mean, sometimes I, I will say that I have seen uh, those kind of claims, especially during the Trump administration, made frequently and um, pr- not turn out to be uh, supported. Okay. Because they use those claims to force releases. Oh, well, we've got to release them now because okay. everybody thinks that they're, you know, so, so tell I'm a me, skeptical. So tell me this, because I was there uh, under the Obama administration, and I saw what was happening with the cartels. The cartels are having. Uh, the word is they're making more money on this than they even are on the drug trade right now. Can you tell me how dangerous it is and what this policy is? is is forcing people into and not forcing but is is leading them into these relationships with the drug cartels there are sectors along the border that are entirely controlled by the cartels uh, that's absolutely true and nobody gets across in those sectors without paying the piso to those guys uh, the coyotes and the smugglers all have to pay the cartels for access to the texas border and there are so many migrants the demand is so they are flooding in in such huge numbers that even the cartels are having to re uh constitute themselves to expand their smuggling branch so to speak and they're giving these migrants uh wrist bracelets it's a human inventory control that's actually happening uh, down, especially in the um, Rio Grande Valley sector and Laredo sector now, uh, where you have to prove that you've paid by ha- wearing one of these wristbands. They're numbered, which indicates a registration system on the Mexican side. In the area where I am right now, uh, they're less uh, active. Uh, the migrants that I talked to yesterday just crossed themselves over. Uh, there, there are some sectors like this that are not, uh, you know, heavily involved in the smuggling trade. But as I said, migrants are shopping for the easy routes in. Uh, so they're coming to this sector in increasing numbers, and it's just a matter of time before the uh, cartels uh, assert themselves over here in this one, too. We're talking the Rio to, sector. We're talking to Todd Benzman. Uh, Todd, I'm going to take one minute, and then I want to come back, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the cartels and 
how much money it takes to cross and where are these people getting the money and is there anything else these cartels are demanding uh we'll get into that here in 60 seconds stand by something about trying a new uh brand of uh of earbuds uh i don't know but there is something something exciting about trying something new on if like i'm an electronic freak um you don't have to try on anything new after you experience Raycon. Raycon wireless earbuds, exceptional. Most comfortable earbuds I've ever worn. They form to fit your ears. They don't fall out because they have uh, three different sizes that you can just change them so, you know, so they fit your ear perfectly. They don't hurt uh, like uh, the Apple uh, AirPods do. They're stylish. They're discreet. Um, they're, they're just great. They really are. Sound quality is amazing. Raycons every bit as high quality as any of their competitors, including Apple AirPods, and they're half the price. Here's the best part. They're available now not only at half the price, but 15% off that price as well. Raycon. Raycon is offering 15% off all of their products, but you have to go to buyraycon.com slash Beck to get them. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Do it now. 10 seconds station ID. All right, so... Todd, let me ask you about the cartels. How much does it take? I've heard anywhere from $2,000 to $20,000 to get people over. How much money is it actually taking for people to have their kids or them, their families smuggled over? So it ranges in price, of course, by nationality and location. So in the RGV right now, the Rio Grande Valley sector, uh, the demand is so strong that the prices have gone up, of course, and it's $2,500 for a Mexican or Central American individual just to cross the river. We're not talking about the money that, that, that it costs to get from Guatemala and through the southern uh, part of Mexico. So how are all of these people affording $2,500 on top of what they've well, already spent? It gets worse. I mean, if you're from Africa, remember, there are uh, migrants coming from all over the world. Uh, Africa, the Middle East, we got Middle Yemenis coming through. Great. Iranians just hit the border in Arizona. We can talk about that. My book, America's Covert Border War, is all about that kind of migrant. Those guys are paying $9,000 a head. If you're from an Arabic uh, country, Arabic-speaking country, you're paying $9,000. If you're from Africa, 5000 And where they get the money is, uh, to the best of my knowledge, a few places. One is that they have uh, U.S.-based relatives, especially like the Cubans uh, and the Haitians, they have U.S.-based relatives that will wire them money to get in. Uh, and then there's another thing that is happening with especially Central Americans uh, who don't really have 2500 bucks to get over the border, is they owe it to the cartels. Yeah. So they have to give the names of their family members, cell phones that are called to prove that the, the family member answers, uh, home addresses and that sort of thing. And if they don't pay the uh, price, then you know there are repercussions or the threat of repercussions against family members. And that's kind of a a kind of an indentured servitude, a kind of a slavery. It's a terrible uh, thing that's happening with, with that. Uh, and then um, also people in the home countries uh, will raise money 
relatives in home countries like Bangladesh or um, Syria will raise money and get it here because if they can get somebody anchored in here, then uh, their relatives will come in under chain migration. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's a great it's a great investment for you know and somebody in in northeast Punjab in India or Pakistan. We have lots of Pakistanis that cross. Give me the, uh, give me, I'm, I'm about out of time. I've got about two or three minutes. Tell me about the sure. Iranians that have just crossed. Yeah, well, we had 11 Iranians cross in Arizona. They were apprehended. Uh, we had three uh, Yemeni migrants on the terror watch list that, that crossed in New Mexico and a Serb uh, who crossed in New Mexico, who also was on the terror watch list. We have about 20 a year, by my reckoning, who are on terrorist watch list before they get to the border or, or at the border. And what typically happens, in, in, in this is way longer than a minute, uh, but there, there will be, there's supposed to be uh, security investigations that happen inside the detention facilities FBI and ICE intelligence and DIA and intelligence community agencies are supposed to be on this. When the border systems break down under the crush of a mass migration surge, all bets are off on that, uh, where everybody gets waved in and nobody has time to mess with Iranians or Yemenis or Syrians coming over. And I'm very concerned about that, Glenn. What should, what can people do? Well, for one thing, people need to contact their uh, their representatives in Congress and the Senate uh, and make sure that the eye remains on the ball in terms of special interest aliens. These are the guys coming in from those countries through Panama right now. They're all coming in right now, uh, hoping to make the best of the Biden border uh, and make sure that nobody forgets about that. And really, the best thing that ever happened in illegal immigration control was remain in Mexico. That policy, totally innovative. It worked like a charm. Uh, And in the deportations to the third countries, they got rid of those right away. Put those back. Those were great. Those were great agreements. Todd Bensman, the name of the book is America's Covert Border Wall, a war. We will check in with him again. Thanks, Todd. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I hate to be the one to pour an entire gallon of salt into a wound, but uh, hey, how's that timeshare thing working out? Right? (laughs) Oh, man, that sucks, doesn't it? I'm betting that uh, you've thought about getting out. You realize there's no way to get out. Um, You have gotten behind uh, on all kinds of things, and you haven't gotten the vacations and especially during COVID, have you been to the place that you pay for? And how much is it costing you now? Doesn't have to be this way. You can legally get out. Uh, timeshare termination team is there to help you end the madness. And they can do it with a timeshare 100% guarantee exit or your money back. I want you to call timeshare termination team and get the process started. Don't keep putting it off. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. 
Just do it now. You'll get 20% off when you terminate your timeshare if you tell them that I sent you. So call them, 888-GET-YOU-OUT, 888-438-8688, or timeshareterminationteam.com. Timeshareterminationteam.com. And head to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. I'm going to talk to you about a couple of things that are really important. Well, let me start with computer chips. They are the tiny little blocks made of silicon, cobalt, and copper. And they power everything we rely on. Watches, your refrigerator, clock, television, washing machines, dishwashers, everything. And it's only getting more and more so. Every object has become more complex. They need more computer chips. But the supply chains are down and no one has any idea when they're going to get any better. The Guardian says that the global shortage in computer chips has reached a crisis point in cars. We need computer chips for airbags, power windows, radios, dashboards, catalytic converters, all of it. The BBC just did an interview with the CEO of Volkswagen North America, and here's what he said. I would say two things. I think the first thing, there's been massive instability in the supply chains, whether it's been COVID, whether it's been other issues. So we have at least gotten very good at managing that instability. And frankly, that's what we've been doing week to week, car by car, looking at our profit margins, looking at where we have shortfalls and managing that. I think things will get stable by the fall. But certainly, it's going to be complicated and it's going to be challenging. But I think we'll navigate it, particularly here in the U.S. market, between our two main plants, Puebla in Mexico okay. and Chattanooga in Tennessee. Okay. So this sounds, this sounds good, right? Week to week, car by car. That's not good. That's not good. But he's optimistic. But that's what you'd expect a CEO to say. Let me give you some more information. Ford has already started canceling shifts at two of its plants and expects $2 billion in damage as a result of the computer chip shortage. The same for Nissan and General Motors. That means workers here in America, industries even that stand to benefit from the computer chip shortage, they're, they're having a hard time because of the COVID-19. It caused a surge in electronic purchases. Apple is the biggest buyer of computer chips in the world. They spend $58 billion a year. The demand for computer chips is so high that even Apple has to wait in line. Even Apple, last year they delayed the release of the iPhone 12 by two months because of a shortage. Samsung is the largest, sorry, second largest buyer of chips. They're the second largest producer as well. They sell roughly $56 billion worth of semiconductors, and they consume $36 billion billion worth. The COVID-19 lockdown is only one of the problems. It really exposed the problem. The pro-lockdown people want everybody to stay home at their office. They want everything to remain the same. But the things we rely on to operate, they require more computer chips. And the, the shortage is troubling, uh, more troubling than any one cause, really. Last week, there was a major fire at one of the biggest computer chip suppliers in the world. 
Last month, the power failure here in Texas caused two factories in Austin, Texas, to suspend production, which typically runs 24-7 in Austin. Then there is talk of what's happening with the global economy. Then there's China. China is the world's largest importer and consumer of computer chips. Now they want to be the largest producer. They've spent the last decade working on strategies for a tech self-reliance, and they've been stockpiling computer chips. This is what the Biden administration really means by infrastructure, by we need to invest in our infrastructure. We are becoming more like China, public-private partnerships. And you will see more and more that we are going to get into the investment world. Last month, Bloomberg reported Chinese businesses bought $32 billion of equipment used to produce computer chips from Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, and elsewhere. It's a 20% jump from the year before. They have not mastered the technology yet. They can't mass produce chips at that level. They're about a decade behind everyone else. But here's another troubling factor. The chip shortage also affects the defense industry. We need computer chips for all of our guided missiles, for our airplanes, for everything we do. And it's also going to hit you. Prices are going to rise for anything that has a chip in it. Computers, cars, cars may get actually harder to get. We're living in a country now that I don't recognize. I've never seen in my lifetime where you have to wait. I'm not, I'm an American. What? Wait, what do you mean? It'll be six months before it's here. And that's happening all the time. And people say there's no inflation. Well, as somebody who has had to buy a lot of plywood uh, lately, really? Because that piece of plywood used to cost about $12, $15. In some places in the country, it's now $56. Uh, what's, up? what's up with that? We are hitting inflation. And $1,400 in Biden bucks is not really going to hold us over. This is more important than... The other headline news, we have a real crisis at our border that we need to pay attention to. But there is a, you know, there is an article run in the Scientific American about how climate anxiety is an overwhelmingly white phenomena. So it's not enough to be concerned about the climate. If you're white and you're doing it, you must be part of the problem. We need to reevaluate our priorities and be less concerned about whiteness and climate anxiety and more about the technology that fuels human civilization and the country that has pioneered most of it. There was another story that I read uh, yesterday, and I don't even know where this was from. Let me see. It was on... uh, Okay, it doesn't say, Um, but this was an uh, an article that uh, came out and it was talking about how collecting has become a very big deal since COVID. And it talks about, you know, retailers are reticent to speak about the trend, stating that they don't wish to be on the record talking about nearly sold out of $90,000 earrings during a time of growing wealth inequality. 
Uh, people are buying watches because they're on the home at computers all the time. And so these people who are really rich are just going through the uh, online uh, catalogs and looking what's up for auction, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Rolex day dates that sold on the secondary market in 2020 for $30,000 are now going upward of 50000 Patek Philippe uh, watches are now, you could buy them for 85000 Now they're going for 200000 And the reason is, they say, because Switzerland, they're not making any watches right now. So there's the demand. This article was written to make you hate rich people and how they're just buying a Mickey Mantle, uh, you know, baseball card and how much that's worth now. Or how they're buying these old classic cars because they're how much they're worth. My grandfather told me that during the Depression, you watch what the rich people did before things got bad. Because it was as if the rich people knew something that we didn't know. And that's true. And there weren't a lot of rich people. There were people like Rockefeller back then. Now there's people with real wealth all around the country. And so some of them might be spending this money because they're bored. Or usually we go onto the yacht, but we can't get out onto the water now. So I might as well buy a $250,000 coffee table. What this article does not tell you is that some rich people are now buying things of value because they know things of intrinsic. The Germans did this in hyperinflation and before the war. They were buying things of real value because the dollar, or in their case, the mark, was not worth what it was just the year before. And as you start to devalue, some people say now that your dollar is going to lose about 48 cents in the next four years. About 15% each year will be lost on the value of your dollar. So if you have $100 in the bank in four years, you'll still have $100, but it will only have the purchase power of $51 or $52. Okay. That's cutting your wealth in half. And it's only because of what they have done at the central bank, the Fed, and in Washington to that dollar. You've played by the rules. This kind of situation helps uh, hurts people who have played by the rules. Don't be surprised when you see things that auctions of art and everything else going for huge amounts of money and cars all of a sudden are going for huge amounts of money. And that, that was a 1968 Mustang. Why is it going for so much? Because people who know, people who see over the horizon are buying things with, of intrinsic value. They know that if they put in, I don't even know what an old Mustang cost. I'm, hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars whatever i mean a like a, a very nice mustang yeah i, I have no idea <laughs> sure. but like a showroom Some, quality yeah. you know what Old i mean school mm-hmm. you know that that two hundred thousand dollars in that car is not going to lose 50 percent of its value in four years it's not going to 
somebody will buy that for the equivalent of 200,000 or maybe even 150,000 four years, four years down the road, but not in American money. You know, not you not it will be more expensive in American money. People are using these items as a store of value. They're using them as a savings account. That's why Bitcoin is going and doing what it's doing. Because Bitcoin has gone up 200%. Okay, you could go down 175%. Uh, okay, still I, I'm gaining 25% where I'm going to have it in a bank account and I'm going to lose 15, 20%. Yeah, you might want to think about that. The reason why I'm telling you this is not that, you know, we have an audience that's going to go out and buy really expensive, you know, Mustangs. Jay Leno, I'm not sure if he listens to this program. <laughs> um, but uh, you need to start thinking about those things. You know, I said to somebody the other day, I don't smoke and I don't drink. But I think it's a, probably a pretty good idea to buy cigarettes and uh, vacuum seal them to buy alcohol and just keep it because if you don't have any money people are going to look to trade things and i i don't know cigarettes i don't think i know anybody that really smokes but i've been trying to start but i haven't i haven't, haven't got it going yet yeah, yeah, yeah no it's, it's tough it's, it's, that was my new year's resolution I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but you know Alcohol, things that people use. You don't have to go out and buy a Mustang. You just have to think, what could I have? What could I have of value that people are going to need or want? Need is where most of us can get into and uh, protect ourselves. What is it that people are going to need that they may not be able to afford to buy, but they might have something else that I can trade for? that I might need. You have to start thinking about protecting your wealth differently. Uh, I think really for the first time uh, since the Great Depression and maybe the first time ever, because if this continues and we continue to spend like this, there will be no dollar left. So every dollar that you're holding on to will become worth less and less and less until it's worthless. All righty then. But other than that, other than that, <laughs> everything's going to be fine. That's Don't worry. Great. Mm -hmm. I just love bringing you this news every day. I just do. I just love it. I get up every morning. I'm like, how can I make people just want to hang themselves? <laughs> and somehow or another, I come up with a way every single day. Let me tell you a happy place. Your grill. There's nothing better than when things start to warm up and you're outside and you are, you know, you're cooking hamburgers on the grill. I just love it. I burn everything I put on a grill. Everything. It's like I, uh, I come back out and the whole thing is on fire and you're like, what happened? Uh, it might be that I, you know, buy hamburger that is, uh, you know, it's fat free. I mean, it's it's 38 uh, percent meat. The rest of it is fat. But. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Rectech is this great grill that I want you to check out. And it, I want you to A-B compare. Go look for the best uh, best grill. But before you buy, you need to go to Rectech.com. That's R-E-C-T-E-Q with a Q at the end. Rectech.com. Go there and A-B compare. 
There is no comparison for the value dollar to dollar. You will never find a, a better uh, instrument to cook outside, to grill, to smoke, to do everything than a rec tech. I promise you. Do the homework yourself. Go to RECTEQ.com, RECTEQ.com. Uh, Christy Nome is joining us after the top of the hour. Oh, and we we now have a name of the very, very white guy uh, that uh, uh, was the shooter. Uh, you know, I knew, well, I, I just, I was so happy that NPR and everybody said, hey, it's 18 hours later. But we still don't know anything and we don't want to rush to any, inf- you know, because we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Um, we finally got the name uh, now almost approaching uh, 20 hours uh, later. Uh, it's it's Ahmed. Ahmad. Ahmad. Ahmad Alyssa. Okay. Big white supremacist name. Ahmad. Yeah. It's the most common white supremacist name in the, in the nation. Isn't that crazy? Ahmad. Yeah. Ahmad. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he might be just at, you he know, maybe he had drunk parents. Like, very much so. Like, we don't like, know. Me. But we weren't the one jumping to conclusions about it, so we don't yeah. really have anything to apologize for. Right. That's weird. Hmm. This is the Glenn Beck Program.